topic for today is having a prayer for us, and I just thought it was so great that we've started this morning hearing about answered prayer and praying for like really important things. Um, so yeah, uh, just going to read the passage that we're looking at today, which the sketch was based on, and it is Luke 11, if you want to get your Bibles out. Um, Luke 11, 1 to 13, and as you are getting that, I'll just pray to start with. Yeah, Father God, thank you for this morning and um, just the amazing things we've heard. And I really pray that you'd just uh, soften all of our hearts and we'd all just learn more about you this morning. Um, and just be open to what, what's going to happen. Amen. Okay, so Luke 11, 1 to 13. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us, and lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight, and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me, the door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't give up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, those who seek find, and to those who knock the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So yeah, I was um, was asked to talk... do something within a service by Pete, and um, very much felt this was something on my heart. I just wanted to come to the church to you guys, something that necessarily wasn't great at myself, and something I was struggling with, I guess, and um, yeah, just share what's on my heart, really, and and me and Pete had been meeting up a few times before um, before this morning, and uh, he prayed for me uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, just before I was about to go away with a, on a school trip to Geneva, he said, um, God, will you, will you really talk to John T, reveal what you want to be shared at church whilst he's in Geneva or over the next coming week? And I was like, yeah, yeah, that would be great, God, just, just for a bit of confirmation. And uh, so we go on a school trip to, um, it was to the UN headquarters, actually, and um, get to the building and it's a massive one kilometre long building and all these paintings and sculptures and I'm like oh, surely God's going to talk to me here in this beautiful place <laughs> but uh, no I caught, got caught up in the, in the excitement of it all, nothing, nothing sort of came of it and then on, on the last day we went up a, a cable cut up a mountain overlooking Lake Geneva the whole city um, beautiful snow above the clouds and I was like this is it. This, I'm going to have a, a numinous experience. I'm going to I'm going to hear exactly what God wants me to say, and I'll I'll be sorted. But um, we we kind of got distracted by a snowball fight, and I wasn't really listening. <laughs> um, 
And it was actually in the most unlikeliest place. It was on the, on the way home. And we got on the plane. And uh, we, weren't, we weren't really... It was quite busy, the plane, when we got on there. There weren't many seats left. And um, I was going to sit next to Joe, but all the seats were taken up next to him. And I was like, oh, where am I going to sit? And the only seat ne- uh, left was next to um, the two teachers that came with us. And I was like, oh... Great, great end to the trip. But luckily, luckily, one of the teachers um, is more, I guess he's more of a friend than a teacher. He, he comes to our prayer meetings at school and he's got a real passion for God. And it just cropped, it came up into the conversation um, that I was talking next Sunday and we were talking about it. He said, oh, what are you talking on? And I said, oh, Luke 11. I, I think I just need to be sure and see, what, see where to go with it. And he was like, that's funny because last the Sunday just before we came, our church spoke on that. And so he, he talked to me all about what was shared and his thoughts on it. And it was just a real confirmation um, that this is what I should come and, and talk to you guys. Um, yeah, it's just something that's been on my heart. And uh, something within that passage really really strikes me and bubbles up in, inside me. And so I was just wondering where to start, really, because um, it's got quite a lot in it. And I thought I focus on the actual prayer bit that Jesus, the, the Lord's prayer bit, if you like. Um, just, just uh, break it down, look into it, and the the layout of it was very much. I thought was first of all, it's it's praising God and thanking Him. Like, Hallowed be Your name, Your kingdom come. Praise, praising God. Um, the second bit is asking for. Our, Asking God for things, it's um, asking for our basic needs, our necessities. And then thirdly, um, it's saying, sorry, for, forgive our sins as we forgive those. And these, these three themes, I very much just stuck by, um, are the basis of our friendships on, on earth, really. Um, we, we say thanks to people, we say please, we say sorry, we manners. And, and being able to properly give people compliments is all about, about friendships and and opening yourself up and I'm very much struck by the sense that you have to be genuine as well when you give people compliments you praise people when you thank people you have to when you say sorry you have to be genuine you have to really mean it you don't say sorry if you it's obvious if you're not being genuine when you say sorry and um, again when you're asking for things is you've, you've got to be you've got to be genuine in need and again I was, I was just thinking through it and the society that we live in is very much an independent one. If we, if we ask people for things, we don't really like to do it. When we say sorry, it's kind of showing a weakness because we've done something wrong and we don't like to, don't like to do that. And like, when, we, when we do ask people for things, we very much go, oh, sorry, sorry to bother you, but is it, is it okay? Or um, I hope I'm not disturbing you, but um, can I have a drink? It's, it's this mentality, I think, that we have that um, we don't like doing it because we like being independent. We're taught to be independent. And I very much thought that sh- maybe, maybe not realising it, but subconsciously, that this has a, an effect on our prayer life. Um, for me, anyway, it's very hard to go from that nature and then to just fully rely on God and pour, pour out everything and rely on him for our basic needs. Um, but yeah, ver- verses eight and nine uh, really, really struck me when I re- when I read this, and I'll just read them out again. Um, nine and ten, sorry. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. Those who seek find, and to those who knock, the door will be opened. 
And, yeah, it's not saying, ask and you might receive, knock and I might open the door. It's, it's, it's very blunt and specific that God is going to answer us. And I get really challenged by that because sometimes it might seem that that doesn't happen. Um, that, yeah, that we're, we're crying out to God on deaf ears or, or we're not seeing the actions. But all throughout, all throughout Scripture, there's other verses with this degree of plain bluntness, I guess. And um, 1 John 5, 14 to 15 says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. Again, it's just, we have got it. We, we will get it if it's according to his will. Jeremiah 33, 2-4 says, Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. And, and again, Jeremiah 29, 12-13 says, Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And from, just from Luke 11, I, I get the feeling... It just feels that Jesus is calling us through that prayer and through the, the parable bit that we need to be in such a close and genuine relationship with him that we need to rely on him. And, and according, everything according to his will will be, will be done and we will receive and um, be heard by him. Um, so yeah, then I was just thinking, well, how do we be genuine? How is it, how do we go from this independent society to to relying on God fully and just looking all throughout um, all throughout the, the Bible the Old Testament um, talks about people who cry out to God and when you're in a relationship on earth with, with someone I guess in, in our friendships here um, there is a degree that we don't cry out to them, we don't share them everything inside us we, we like to keep poise about us, I guess it's, maybe it's just as men, but we don't like to get the tissues out and start blabbing um, but, but, but yeah, when we're in a relationship with Jesus, he wants us to just unashamedly pour out everything to him and give over everything and, and the promise we have is that we will be heard and going right back to the start in Genesis 4:26, it says people began to call on the name of the Lord and this calling on the name of the Lord, the, the literal Hebrew translation is to cry out or to implore aid and um, it's, I, I find it very difficult to go from one or the other and, it's, and we seem to do it sometimes when we are only in need but it's calling for us when we give him thanks, when we give, when we, when we're asking for things and when we're saying sorry we, it needs to be this genuine relationship and Romans 10, 12 says again this promise that those who cry out to God or call out to him will be saved and will be heard. Um, so yeah, Jesus, he, he said that um, the church should be a house of prayer when, when he goes in and, and whips all the tables and says a house is a house of prayer. Not, not necessarily a house of preaching or a house of worship, even though those things are great. Um, but as, as the church body, prayers is put in such a massive um, importance. And as a church together, we're, we're shown throughout that we should cry out to him and, and implore aid from him and rely on him fully in every aspect of, of our, our lives. 
And Matthew 6, 5 to 8 says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. And, and yeah, when Pete, when Pete asked me to do something, I was, and, and this was the topic to um, choose on, I was very adamant that I didn't want to come and preach that we need to pray more, we need to be prayer warriors, because that's not, that's not what it's about. I think that's a, a gifting that people have, and it's a very amazing talent, I guess. But I, the aim that I wrote down for this, evening, uh, for this morning was to go away with a fresh sense of the truth and the power of prayer, um, because we have these promises that when we do cry out to God, that he's going to listen to us. Um, and so yeah, we're going um, to have just a time of sharing with each other, I guess, um, stories that prayers have been answered, um, just to encourage one another and, ha- and get that fresh sense of truth, because I personally believe that, that those promises don't fail. And, and that, teaching is, that teaching on Luke 11, it, we believe it comes from Jesus' mouth and him, himself. And if, if we believe Jesus to be who we, we say he is and who he says he is, then that's got to be full of truth, surely. Um, so yeah, I'm just going to read out a story that um, I read in preparing for this, which I was just absolutely amazed by. And then we're just going to go into a time of um, sharing. So if you've got anything to share, Pete will go around with the microphone. And um, let's just encourage one another, I think. Um, so it's from a book called Live Like a Jesus Freak. <laughs> Spend today as if it were your last. And it's, from, it's written by DC Talk. I think they were the band from the early 2000s or something, or 90s. <laughs> okay, so it's, um, it's called Prayer in Action. So George, George Muller was a troublemaker. No two ways about it. Born into a German tax collector's family, he learned to steal and gamble and drink at a young age. As a young man, he often stayed in lavish hotels, then sneaked out without paying his bill. He had the world in his pocket until the day he got caught. Jailed for his crimes, he served his term and then went right back to his reckless lifestyle. Nothing changed until a Saturday night in 1825 when he met Jesus Christ. After marrying, Muller settled down in Bristol, England, and couldn't help but notice the many ragged children who lived on the streets. Street churchings, they were called. Most of them were either abandoned by their parents or orphaned. The Holy Spirit tugged at Muller's heart every time he glanced at one of these children. It was time somebody did something about them. In 1835, Muller drew up plans for an orphanage and presented his idea at a public meeting. Money came in to support the cause. Muller immediately rented a house and took in 26 children. Soon a second home was opened, then a third. Muller refused to ask for money from individuals or the government. Instead, he prayed fervently. He believed God knew about his needs at the orphanage and he was confident that God would provide. He was right, but as is often the case, God seemed to wait till the last moment to come through. One morning, the breakfast table was set with plates, bowls and cups. Only two things were missing food and milk. The children took their places at the table and folded their hands for the blessing. Muller led a prayer asking for their daily bread. 
No sooner had he finished the last word than a knock sounded at the door. It was the baker. Mr. Muller, he said, I couldn't sleep last night. Somehow I felt you didn't have bread for breakfast, so I got up at 2am and baked some fresh bread. A second knock sounded. The milkman's cart had broken down right in front of the orphanage. He wondered, could he give the children his milk so he could empty his wagon and repair it? Over the years of his life and ministry, Muller housed more than 100,000 orphans and recorded 50,000 answers to prayer, including millions of pounds of provisions that he prayed in. All of that without a single fundraising com- campaign. I think that sums up what, what Jesus was saying perfectly. I think just fully relying for the basic needs, being in that genuine relationship. And I guess it's hard to relate to because it's back in the 1800s. But yeah, I just would love to share um, before you guys, before we all share with each other, I'll share um, something with you from school um, where prayer has just been really answered when we've just cried out to God. And, um, Last, last year we did um, a week called Love Week, and I felt the name was a bit cheesy, um, but it was, it was, I guess, an outreach week, but again, I don't like that name either, but it was just basically like words and actions showing Jesus' love to people in the city, I guess, and um, we did activities like a teacher car wash, a cake giveaway, um, and all throughout, we had prayer meetings every morning, and we were just really crying out for God's kingdom to come into the sixth form and people to, to, see, to see what we were doing and God's love through our actions. And um, one morning, we were just there, and I guess we were just crying out to God, like it says, and, and the, God's Spirit just met us in, in such an amazing way, and, and people <laughs> had to miss first lesson. We were just praying with one another, and um, it, yeah, it was amazing. And then... Uh, this year, when we've been planning Christian Union, we've just met, sat there, praying for 10, 15 minutes, or however long, or in silence sometimes, and just cried out to God for him to answer, um, and give us the answer to what to do on Christian Union. And he's never let us down, and the numbers have been amazing, and the conversations have been amazing. And, yeah, I guess that's just my little story to encourage you. Um, so Pete's going to come around with a microphone now. And I think Carol's got something to share first, and if, if you have got anything to share, that would be, that'd be great.